Hello, everybody. Thank you, both of you. Uh, my name's my name's Tim Sutherland. I'm one of the guys that speaks here, and I'm really, really glad to be with you guys. And I hope by the time we are done, that you'll be glad that you were here as well. Uh, I'm telling you a story today that's one of my favorite stories in all the Bible, and it's a story about these two people, one whose name we know and one whose name we don't know. Then we're on this road, and so I've been thinking about this road story all this week, and I've been thinking about uh, different roads that I've been on. And I've been on some roads, and I'll, I'll share you some signs from a couple of roads I've been on. Here, here's one road I've been on. Has anybody been on this road? It's, it's, it's a real one. I can't pronounce it, but I've been on it. It's on I-15, Mojave Desert. Uh, here's another road that I have actually been on. Santa's not there. I checked. I felt so betrayed. Um, that's near, that's actually near where my son goes to college. I've, I've been, I've been on that road, but I know a couple of roads that I, I really believe everybody here has been on. Here, here's, uh, here, here's one that I'm pretty sure everybody's been on. I think everybody here has taken the long way. Okay. That was bad. But also too, though, that the long way tends to lead right to uh, the corner of these two streets. Get his grin and corner of grin and bear it. His little play on words is not very funny. Uh, there's some streets, though, that you would never want to have as your address. You know, some streets you'd want to never have to say that you live on. Uh, like, for instance, this one. Who would like to say they live on Dork Street? <laughs> Anyhow, roads, roads, roads. Let's talk about this road that we are working on in this story today. It's from the 24th chapter of Luke. And uh, the road we're talking about today is this road that down through the Ages has become known as the road to Emmaus. Two followers of Jesus were on the road to Emmaus. And one whose name we knew, one know, one whose name we, we don't know. And, and whether you know this story or not, whether you've heard of this story or not, I'll tell you what I really believe. I'm saying that this is a road you know something about what it's like to be on. I'm saying that uh, at least there's, there's at least somebody here who's on this road today. And if this is the road you're on, I think this is especially for you. So here we go, 24th chapter of Luke. That same day, two of them, two followers of Jesus, were going to a village called Emmaus about seven miles from Jerusalem. They were talking with each other about everything that had happened. Now, when it says that same day, that same day was actually the, the day that we celebrated last weekend. That same day was later that same day on the very, very first Easter Sunday. All right? That's the same day that they were on this road. And the things when it says they were talking about everything that had happened, what they were talking about everything that happened was what had happened in the last week. They were followers of Jesus. They had seen Jesus come to Jerusalem. They, they'd seen him arrested. They'd seen him crucified they'd seen him die and they'd seen him buried yeah and there were reports that the tomb was empty that he was risen from the dead but but these two as we'll see later they weren't buying it so here they are walking on this road and then here's what happens next Jesus himself came up and walked along with them and it says but they were kept from recognizing him I've wondered about that. You know, how were they kept 
from recognizing him? Was it kind of like Obi-Wan Kenobi? Like, you know, these are not the droids you were looking for. I, I wonder if it was like kind of a Jedi mind trick or something. Uh, or a little boy in Sunday school heard this story one time. And, they said, and he said, you know, maybe they were kept from recognizing him because Jesus was wearing a disguise. Like what, a fake beard over his real beard or something? I, I, don't, I don't know. It's just things that I think about. We, we really don't know. The text doesn't really say what it was that kept them from recognizing Jesus. But Jesus walks up to him and walks alongside him. And it says that he asks them, what are you discussing as you walk along? Then they stood still, their faces downcast. One of them named Cleopas. Somebody say Cleopas. Cleopas, he's the one whose name we do know here. One of them named Cleopas said, Are you the only one visiting Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened there in these days? And the Bible's so funny. I, I love what Jesus says back to Cleopas. What things? Things? What things? Cleopas starts telling him about Jesus of Nazareth. He was a prophet, powerful in word and deed before God and all the people. Can, can you see what's happening here? These two people are telling Jesus about himself. I'm wondering if Jesus is, is listening to this and knowing they don't recognize him and going, <clears throat> if he thinks this is kind of like holding back one of those things. And they just keep talking. They're telling Jesus about Jesus. The chief priests and our rulers handed him over to be sentenced to death and they crucified him. And then comes like the key phrase, the key moment in the first part of this story that tells you about the road they were on. But we had hoped. Don't miss that. We had hoped. We had hoped that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. We thought he was the one who would rescue us. And what's more, it's the third day since all this took place. Some of our women amazed us. They went to the tomb early this morning but didn't find his body. They came and told us that they'd seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. The road to Emmaus is not a fun road to be on. Cleopas is on it. And he's downcast. And he's saying, I had hoped had past tense they had hoped but not anymore can you relate the name of the road they're on it's known in, in Bible circles as the road to Emmaus but it's really hopeless road you know what it's like to be on hopeless road you got anything in your life where you'd say, man, this, this just seems hopeless. They're so hopeless, y'all, that they, they don't even recognize that, that the hope that they need is right there in front of them, right there with them. And I think if you're on hopeless road, maybe you're a lot more like Cleopas than you realize. How, how did he get on hopeless road? Let's be really clear about it. It's clear from the text how they got on hopeless road. You know, they, they, they say to Jesus, you know, don't you know the things that are happening these days? These days. Can you hear how discouraged they are these days? Or maybe you know what it's like. Maybe you would tell me if we were talking one-on-one -on -one about what's happening in your life these days. Maybe these days things just keep happening and happening and they're not good. 
And as more and more stuff keeps happening, you get more and more of that feeling of, what's the use that's just kind of taken over? And maybe you're at a place where you'd say, hey, you know, I, I had hoped, past tense. Maybe the discouragement has taken over. So they're discouraged by what's been happening these days. And it's, it's got them headed towards hopeless road. But there's something else too. It's interesting what Cleopas says about Jesus. He says he was a prophet in word and deed before God and all people. We had hoped that he was going to redeem Israel. We thought. Listen to the language here, okay? It's all, look at it. It's, it, it, it's all past tense. He was, not he is, he was. We thought, not we think, we thought. You know, and, and notice what he calls Jesus. A follower of Jesus, he calls him a prophet. He doesn't call Jesus the Messiah. He just calls Jesus, you know, we, 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 he, he was a prophet. He was a prophet. Big difference between a prophet and a Messiah, a prophet. Is one thing, but a Messiah, Messiah, the Messiah is Savior, the Savior. And Cleopas, who had once called him that, isn't calling him that anymore. And notice what Cleopas also doesn't say. When he talks about these reports of Jesus being risen, he doesn't say, you know, some of the women who were followers saw angels and who revealed to them that Jesus was alive. He doesn't say that. He says, you know, some of the women came and told us that they'd seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. Can, can you hear the difference? And what I hope you can hear is, can you hear the doubt? At one point they believed he was going to save them, but now after all these things have happened, not, not so much. And there's not only discouragement that's leading them to hopeless road, but doubt is starting to set in and maybe you're here in this place and you can relate to, you know, they, they thought. And maybe you thought too. Maybe you thought you'd be married by now. Maybe you thought your marriage would be fixed by now. Maybe you thought that you'd have a child by now. Or you thought that you'd have a job by now. Or you thought that you'd be out of financial trouble by now. Or, 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 or you thought that the Cubs would have won the World Series by now. I, I, I don't know. But you're not, you're not only discouraged, you're, you're, you're doubting. You're dealing with significant doubt and you're starting to wonder. You're starting to wonder, you know, is, is God fair? Does, does God care? Is He even really there? See, the, the road to Emmaus, the road of hopeless, it, it, the hopeless road, it, it's, it's, it starts with discouragement and, and, and leads to doubt, and discouragement and doubt are taking a heavy toll on these guys. But it's not just those two things. Man, if those two things were enough, there's discouragement and there's doubt, but then they're talking about, you know, their, their, their leader, their, the one that they thought had been their savior, being dead. They're dealing with discouragement and they're dealing with doubt and they're dealing with death. And maybe you're here today and you know something about that too. The death of somebody that we love has a way of making so many things in our life just feel useless and what's the point. And, or maybe you're here and, and what's died is not a person. Maybe it's a relationship. Uh, maybe it's a dream. 
But when something, regardless, but when something or somebody we love, when something dear to us dies, we, we, we can find ourselves on a hopeless road. We can find ourselves on the road to Emmaus. Cleopas had hoped, but not anymore. Cleopas is on hopeless road. And what he, and like I said, what he and his friend, don't miss it, what they need most is right there in front of them. They just can't see him. The hopelessness, I think, is one of the main reasons they can't see him. Jesus even teaches them from the scriptures. Luke 24 goes on and says that he, he kind of he rebukes them a little bit, gently, I'm sure, and says, you know, how foolish you are to, and you know, slow, slow to believe all these, all these things that the prophets have spoken. You know, and Jesus says, didn't the Messiah you know, have to suffer these things and then enter his glory? And, and, and then the begin, says, Luke 24 says, in the beginning, Jesus taught them all. They're being taught by Jesus right there in front of them. He explains to them what the scriptures had said about himself. They have Jesus. Jesus right there. Jesus is their teacher in right in front of them. They don't recognize him. And they're still stuck on hopeless road. I think that's how it is. Again, don't answer out loud, but I don't know what you're going through, but is there anything in your life which you'd say is hopeless right now? Maybe it's a relationship that you had such, such high hopes for, but somewhere along the way things have changed and you feel like you've given it all that you've got and now it just seems like a, being in this relationship is like being on a hopeless road. Or maybe it has to do with your job. I mean, you, you feel like you know what you want to do with your life or you, you were doing it for so many years, but then you lost your job and you've been looking and looking to find this job that, that matches with who God wired you up to be. Or heck, you might be just looking for a job just to kind of help hopefully make ends meet for a while, but there's no job in sight. And maybe your hopeless situation is something financial. I mean, maybe, maybe the bills keep piling up and the creditors keep calling up and you feel like giving up you feel like you're on a road called financial hopelessness or maybe it's something physical just week before last I found out that one of the most faithful leaders from our home church my home church she's been one of our leaders for going on 20 years now she is diagnosed with not one but two different kinds of cancer she's 49 one is treatable and one is inoperable maybe you got a health situation like that or maybe the health situation you got isn't life-threatening maybe the health situation is something chronic in your life or in the life of somebody that you love and maybe what you've given up hope on is hope of that illness or that malady not dominating your life is the name of the road that you're on some sort of health hopelessness road maybe you're on this road today maybe you're not but I think we all walk it sometimes and, and, I, and I think if we're not walking it now we're going to walk it someday but if you are if, if, if you're on hopeless road right now just in the privacy of your own heart and mind where you sit would you say so and would you name it just where you sit Say to yourself and to God right now, God, I'm on that road. I'm on hopeless street right now. But I love this story of the road to Emmaus because 
hopeless road didn't end for Cleopas there. Just before they get to Emmaus, they, they have to stop for the night. They're, they're, their heads were heavy and their sight were dim, so they had to stop for the night. Hotel California reference, Eagles. Um, download on iTunes. Anyhow, still thinking, that they're, they're thinking that Jesus is still, they still don't recognize him. They're thinking he's this anonymous fellow traveler, and, and it looks like to them that he's going on, uh, but it's getting, it's getting late, so basically Cleopas and the unnamed fellow disciples say, hey, it's, it's getting late, you know, dude, why, I don't know if they called him dude, but that'd be cool if they did, dude, why, 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 don't, why don't you just crash with us, and Jesus says, okay, and then they sit down for the evening meal, and, 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 it, and it says that it happened, and then it happens, okay, here it comes, when he, when he was at the table with them, he took bread, gave thanks, broke it, and began to give it to them. Their eyes were opened, and they recognized him. Oh, finally, what they need more than anything else, it happens. It's what they need more than anything else in the world. They just needed to, to see him, to know that he was alive, and to not know that he was just alive who once was dead, they needed to know that he was alive for them and that he was alive with them and seeing him, realizing that he was risen, realizing that he was alive and well and with them. That just completely changed the road that they're on. Look what happens. Look what it says. It says, they got up and returned at once to Jerusalem. There they found the eleven and those with them assembled together and saying, it's true, the Lord has risen. I had something just sort of come to me working on this message this morning that never dawned on me before. I, I don't think this story is named what it ought to be named. I've heard it all my life called the road to Emmaus. How many have heard it called the road to Emmaus? All right, 12 of you. Anyhow, one for each of the apostles. There's, but, it, but you know, that's what's always called the road to Emmaus. But, but look what happens. See, the road to Emmaus is hopeless. The road to Emmaus is hopeless road, and they are walking it, and they are downcast, and they had hoped, and they had thought. But then they see the risen Jesus. He breaks bread for them, and they recognize him, and they start walking on a different road. They start walking the road from Emmaus. It never dawned on me until I was working on this this morning, friend. I, I wrote it earlier this week. But as I was working on it this morning, it just realized, wait a minute. They never actually got to Emmaus. They stopped for the night just outside Emmaus. The road to Emmaus is hopeless. But the road from Emmaus is full of hope. They were changed. They were transformed from people who were on the road to hopeless. They were on hopeless road. But they were changed to people who were hopeful. Changed everything. Seeing the risen Christ gave them hope. Seeing that Jesus was alive gave them hope. And it makes sense because if you think about it, what's more hopeless than death? I mean, like Mark Twain said, the, the statistics on death are quite impressive. Happens to one out of every one person's. Physicists call it entropy, you know, or the second law of thermodynamics. The Bible calls death the last enemy. And when Jesus got up out of that grave like we celebrated last weekend with a body that would never and could never taste death again, the last enemy has been defeated. And if Jesus can defeat death, what can't he defeat? I don't know. 
what you're going through. I don't know what's got you discouraged, maybe doubting, maybe grieving. But I know that if Jesus can bring life back from the dead, he can get you off hopeless road and back on the road to hope and today you might be thinking you need a whole lot of different things but I'll tell you what I really believe about us I believe that 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 what we want and what we need aren't always the same thing we can spend a whole lot of time praying for what we want but it's a whole other thing to pray for what we we really need I really believe that what we need when we're on hopeless road more than anything else is is that we need to see him like Cleopas saw him to, to recognize him like Cleopas recognized him, to, to, to eat with him like Cleopas ate with him. But I know what somebody's thinking. Somebody's going, yeah, that's, that's, that's my problem, preacher boy. I'm not Cleopas. I, I don't get to see Jesus like he got to see Jesus. I never got to sit down with Jesus and, and have, a, have a meal. I never got to see Jesus break bread. I, I never got to, to see him. I don't get to. Are you sure? Are you, are you sure that you can't see him? A guy who was a part of my church, his dad abandoned him and his mom when he was just a baby. Never met his dad. And in her despair, his mom turned to alcohol. He grew up never knowing his dad and only knowing his mom through a haze of alcoholism and one day when he was eight his mom said they were going to go visit um, his aunt and they were going to take the train like, like the L you know downtown Chicago to, this, to, to, to see his aunt and he was so excited because his aunt was, was, was not an addict and his aunt really loved him and he was so excited just to be in, in, in a less dysfunctional home for, for just for once in his life and when, when they got up on the train platform and they were sitting on the bench waiting for the train to his aunt to come uh, his, his mom just passed out from drinking. And the train came, and the train left, and he was there on the platform, and his mom was passed out again. And he said he didn't know where to go or what to do, and he said, I felt totally alone, totally abandoned. And that feeling followed him and haunted him throughout his adult life. He always believed in God, but he could never get over wondering how it was that if God loved him, God wasn't there for him when he was growing up, especially as that little boy of age eight. And that feeling, you know, does God really love me? Does God really care? Was he, was he, is he even there for me? It, 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 it followed him into his adult life. Yeah, he had a successful career and he was married and he had kids, but there was just this, this distance between him and God. But then one night, one night in his small group, they were praying together and he was saying that it was like God took him back. Back to that day when he was eight years old on that train station platform. And he says that in his mind's eye, in the eye of faith, he saw his little eight-year-old self sitting there. And in, but, 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 in, but in this vision, he, he, he saw not just his mom passed out on the bench, but right next to him, he said he saw a man with his arm around his little eight-year-old self. And he said this, and I quote, 
then I saw that that somebody was Jesus. God showed me that Jesus was right there with me, even though I didn't know it at the time, and it hit me. Jesus was with me then, and he's been with me ever since, and he is with me now. And if this guy were here talking right now, he'd tell you that that vision that he had of Jesus in prayer with him at the train station, that that totally changed his life. His eyes were opened to the presence of Christ in the midst of his pain. His eyes were opened in prayer. That, that guy that I'm telling you about, his name wasn't Cleopas, but it could be. See, what he did is he opened himself to God in prayer. He wrestled with God, not just in his head, but in his heart. And in that prayer, he asked God for what he really needed, which was to see that Jesus was with him. And, and if you're walking on hopeless road today. I know you've been praying, you know, God, help me with this job. God, help me with my marriage. God, help me with my kid. God, help me with my health. And, 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 and that's fine to pray that. Keep on praying that. Don't give up praying that. But I really believe what you need, what all of us need is, when we're on hopeless road, is to, is to see Him. And you can. But you can not only just see him sometimes in, in, in mystical ways, in prayer. There's times that you, that, that, that you can see him someplace else. Remember that person I mentioned from my church who was, had the double diagnosis of cancer? The story was just about eight minutes ago. You got, okay, 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 yeah. One's treatable, the other's not. She's 49, and I spoke with her a week ago this morning, and this is what she said to me, and I wrote it down. Quote, I know this sounds crazy, but this is one of the highlights of my life. You know, I'm being the deeply spiritual and encouraging person that I am. I said, really? And she said, yeah. The way that I've been loved on by my small group, my friends and my church has been amazing. I've been in their homes. I've been in their cars. They, they fed me and cared for me. I'm living in community, and I feel the presence of God like never before. Like never before in my life, I know I am loved. Then she went on to say this. God does not apparently plan for me to live a long life, but he does plan on me having a quality life. Whoa. Blew me away. Is it possible, if you, if you feel stuck on hopeless street, is it possible that it has something to do with it, that God wants to give you hope, not just through prayer, but He wants to give you hope through people? And I, and I don't mean people in general. I mean His people. I mean living in community. L listen, friends, if you want hopelessness to be undone, if you want to get off hopeless street, I, I really believe that you're meant to be part of a people. I've shared my story before, and I'm going to tell it again. And you're going to go, gosh, does he have any other stories? No, I don't. This is the only one I have. <laughs> I've told you before, after 12 years of being married to my college sweetheart, she came home one day and said, I don't love you anymore. After 12 years, two kids. I don't love you anymore. I'm not staying married to you, basically. Long story short, out of love, out of here. And I wanted nothing in the world more than for my marriage to be restored and I prayed for that like I'd prayed for nothing before. And I wanted nothing more than for my kids. They were three and six at the time, for Pete's sake. They were three and six. I wanted my kids to be saved from growing up in a broken home. I, and I was praying for it like nothing else I ever prayed for. And I, I, 
my, my brother was part of a missionary church in, in Chile, and they, so they were praying for my marriage to be restored down in Chile. And my parents were, were missionaries over in Scotland, and so they were praying for me over in Scotland. And my sister lives out in L.A., and, 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 and her and, and, and her community were praying for, for my marriage out in, in L.A. And, you know, and I had people from my church just praying that, that the marriage would be restored. But God did not say yes to that prayer. He didn't give me what I asked for and what I wanted, but he did give me what I needed. He gave me people. He gave me people from my small group. He gave me people from my church, people to care for me, people to be there for me, people to look me in the eye and, 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 and say to me, as only people who love me and know the Lord, say they, they would look at me and they would say, come on, man, come on, son, you can make it through this thing. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Greater is he that is in you than he that is breaking up your marriage. And they, 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 they would just encourage me. And they would say, come on, man, I know you're hurting, but you can get through this thing and if you can't get through this thing climb on my back and I'll carry you through this thing and they did and I went from hopelessness to hope God used his people to get me off a hopeless road on to hopelessness but it isn't people in general look what the Bible says and don't miss it first Corinthians 12 27 now you speaking to Christ followers now you are the body of Christ we say you know I Cleopas got to see Jesus I don't get to see Jesus I never get to see Jesus in the flesh are you sure? You're not meant to find hope out there flying solo spiritually. Small group leaders, do you realize what an important thing you're doing? You're not just helping people experience God through relationships. You're providing the relational context for God to give people hope. Maybe there's nobody in your small group right now who is stuck on hopeless road, but maybe the news comes this week and you're going to be there for them and you're going to put them on your backs and you're going to carry them through and God is going to use you to carry somebody through. Maybe you're not even connected. Maybe you're just somebody who comes to church and then goes on home and, and, and something's going to happen this week and you are not going to have anybody to carry you through who really knows the Lord, who's not you know, living under the same roof as you. If you but if you're, when you get to the end of your rope, you always got to have a people to give you hope and not just people in general, but the body of Christ. I don't know. I don't know what you're going through. I don't know what road you're on, but there's one road you don't have to stay on today. God doesn't. He doesn't promise to give us everything in this life, but He does promise that He will give us hope if we'll let Him. You may have to walk a whole lot of roads in this life that don't make any sense to you, but you don't have to walk the road of hopelessness forever. Because Jesus is not just a prophet. He's not just a teacher. He's not just a good man or a great man. Jesus is the Messiah. And Jesus was dead. And Jesus is alive. And in case anybody hadn't told you lately, he's not just alive. He's alive and well. And because Jesus is alive, dead eyes can see. Dead lips can talk. Dead ears can hear. Dead legs can walk. Dead marriages can live. Dead relationships can be revived. Dead careers can be rejuvenated. Dead finances can be resuscitated. He's alive. He can reconcile the estranged. He can comfort the grieving. He can provide for the penniless. He can make the fearful brave. He can make the depressed uplifted. He can make the guilty forgiven. 
He can make the alcoholic sober. He can make the drug addict clean. He can make the gambler responsible. He can make the promiscuous pure. He can make the impossible possible. And he can make your eternity secure. I wonder if I got any help in this house today. Come on. Come on. He, he can take the discouraged and he can take the doubting and he can take the defeated and even the notorious and he can make them valiant and virtuous and vitalized and victorious. He can take the hopeless and help them find hope. He can turn the road to Emmaus into the road from Emmaus and he can do all these things, brothers and sisters, family and friends. He can do all these things because he is alive. He is alive and well and he is the death destroyer. He's such an awesome power in the presence of him all evil must cower. He is my rock. He is my fortress. He is my savior. He is my deliverer. And him will I trust. And when you feel like you can't go on, like you can't even cope, just see him. And him alone. And he will be your hope. Let's pray. God help us. God help us. It's so hard. Open the eyes of our heart, Lord. We need to see you. We need to see you. Lift us up. We need to see you. Who needs to see him today? We need to see you. For somebody, you need to see him for the first time, for the Messiah. For somebody else, you need to see him for the first time in a long time. You don't have to be on hopeless road. You can be on the road to Emmaus, but you can also be on the road from Emmaus. Lord, help us to see you, to see you.